ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank. I'm Branham. It's Joe George behind the glass, our assistant to the regional manager. It's a Friday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. It's a super edition of the Killer Bees as well. And it's our getaway day of the uh, the Killer Bees as well. Uh, missed you guys yesterday. I, I know you missed me. You don't have to say anything. Don't say anything. I heard y'all had an adventurous day. Uh, we did. Apparently some microphones that were open. and Oh, yeah, we didn't know about heard all that. Heard y'all had an adventurous we didn't, yeah, day. We, we didn't know about all that at the time, but they hopefully worked themselves out. Yeah, hopefully you didn't say anything that got you in trouble. There's a few You're still here, so that must Brenneman. be all right. There's a few mentions of Tom Brenneman. <laughs> There's a deep fly ball to left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I, was, God, I hope it wasn't that bad. I was over at the uh, little baseball dinner for U of A. They honored uh, Corey Jolks as the professional Houston Cougar of the year. So he was there. It was a really, really good event. Good event. Uh, but good to be back with all of you, uh, especially since it's a Friday. I only have to deal with all of you for one more day. I don't mean that to the you know our normal listeners. The I mean that directly to the Twitchers, uh, those who do not have a job. So I got home yesterday. The kids were watching, or the parents were watching the uh, the kids. So we get home. You know, I didn't watch the NFL Awards because I was at that that banquet and didn't know the outcome. And my, uh, my stepdad was watching the, uh, the news. And it was it happened to be the sports segment of the news. I never watched the news, uh, but it was a sports segment of the news. I was standing, you know, kind of chit chatting, saying goodbyes, and there it was C.J. Stroud, offensive rookie of the year. Um, Will Anderson, defensive rookie of the year. I already knew that Andre Johnson had been elected to the Hall of Fame, and I'm and I had an epiphany moment, like I like I always do. I said last night, that's the best night in Houston Texans franchise history. If you eliminate being awarded the franchise, because I think that's until you win a Super Bowl, probably the best day in franchise history, being awarded an NFL team after the Oilers left town. You did have football in the city and at an NFL level. And I'm sitting there like, that, it has to be. Like, I will take that. Stroud, Offensive Rookie of the Year, because now he's your future. Will Anderson, Defensive Rookie of the Year, because he's your future on the defensive side of the ball. You have a little nostalgia with Andre Johnson being the first Houston Texan being elected into the Hall of Fame. So it's like, yay, we're, we're a real NFL franchise again. I'll take that over any wild card round wins. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I think that the other thing that we, we talk about from time to time as well is just how the perception of this franchise changed over the last year and how everybody noticed. Because the first thing when I turned on ESPN this morning was I heard multiple people talk about what a bleep show it used to be and how embarrassing the franchise used to be and talking about how what how great it was from a national perspective that all this happened for me it's like hey there's always like that big kind of first epiphany moment when you get your first player in the hall of fame so you get your first player in the hall of fame and i think we all knew it was a foregone conclusion cj was going to win the offensive rookie of the year but for will to win defensive rookie of the year and i quite frankly think that D'Amico got jobbed a little bit in the coach of the year, but like you had someone in every one of those categories, two out of three won it, and Andre got in. Amazing, amazing positive day for the franchise. Do you take that over the wild card round, uh, wild card round wins as the best day in franchise history? Because I, I posted it on Twitter, and some people, most people were in agreement, but you had a couple of the, I guess, Op, like a, a, the opposition view that were saying that no, give me a wild card win, wild card win over yesterday. 
I think if it's just a wild card win somewhere in the history of your franchise, I don't think it's that big of a moment. The one thing that I was thinking about was your first ever win on Monday night, first ever game against mm. the Cowboys. Big, 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 massive moment for the franchise because everybody thinks as an expansion franchise you're going to suck anyway. Yeah. And you got that big, big win. If it was your first ever playoff win, I could see that being a big moment. If it was any other of the, the wild card wins, I'm not going to put them as high. And I think last night, just because of the fact that it kind of puts you on the map a little higher than you've ever been before with some of the things that, that happened there and the fact that there's so much more excitement now going forward for this whole franchise, I, I would put it in there with, I would say the top three could be the first wild card win, but more so the first win ever. Yeah. I didn't even think and about then that. last night. So that, that's your top tier. The, yeah. Those three would be in your top tier. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand on this. I'm going to go that last night was the biggest night in franchise history. If we eliminate you being awarded the franchise, there's nothing mm-hmm. that's going to trump that until you win a Super Bowl. So I'll go that. I didn't even think about the regular The thing that bothers me with the regular season, it doesn't bother me, but like things I'll ding it with. You weren't going anywhere that year, right. but the significance of playing a first-ever NFL game, the symbolism of that, and then doing it against your arch rival right. uh, was pretty cool. Uh, where do you stand, Hive? 713-780-3776. Where does last night rank amongst the greatest night days in Houston Texans history I have it at the top Blankers has it in a tier of two other moments uh, where do you have it 713-780-3776 what about you Joe George where do you have it well so somewhat an outsider I guess um for for a conversation like this I would say it's the best night because it's cool to get awarded a franchise I get it I was not here to experience that but you just got your first Hall of Famer like like you became one of four teams to have offensive and rookie uh, and defensive rookie of the year in the NFL history. Like, no one has accomplished that besides three other teams ever. Yes, it happened last year, but like, it never happens. And Dre's in the Hall of Fame. Like, it, it's, it's one, like, the, who knows? Who's, who knows when the, I know we're going to do that in the next segment, but like, yeah. who knows when the I, next I love how be. you, I love how you said it never, I know it happened last year, but it never happened. Well, it's happened four times. It never happened. The other one was, uh, Kamara and Lattimore. And then there was, I thought there was a couple of times, like, like maybe pre Super Bowl era. Oh, I think I, it happened. Oh, yeah, well, I don't count but, that. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what they are. Football. Like, there's three that I know of, right? Like, there's obviously the Texans, right. there's the Jets, and then I'm pretty sure it was Kamara and Lattimore, uh, whenever the Saints did it, whenever they were they were rookies. What you said about D'Amico, I'm sorry, that's a tie for me. D'Amico Ryans and Kevin Stefanski tied for the coach of the year. They had the same amount of points based on their voting structure, and they gave Stefanski the trophy because he had one more first-place vote. Uh Uh-uh. Your point structure is what determines the coach of the year, not the tiebreaker for the most first-place votes. Stefanski, 21 first-place votes, 18 second-place votes, 6 third-place votes. D'Amico had 20 first-place, 21 second, and second third. They both ended up with 165 points. That is not a win for Kevin Stefanski. That is a co-NFL coach of the year. This really ticked me off last night because of the fact that I, I was really adamant all along. I, I really thought he, he should win it. But then when I saw how this is in so many different award shows, it, rookies of the year in sports and everything like that, split it. Each one gets a trophy. We'll have another one made if you don't have one on stage. It doesn't matter. The more important thing is you get it right. And the principle is if you tied – it, there's no tiebreakers to see who gets the home field or who gets in the playoffs and who doesn't. If you tie, then you both get the award. I think it was Grant Hill tied with Jason Kidd one year to win Rookie of the Year. Steve Francis, I think, also. Yeah, with Brand. Yeah. So I think that this is something where precedence has been set across sports. It's not like an election. If you tied, then you both win. That really kind of 
That's, <laughs> what, that, what's honestly, the deal with that? Is that what bothers you the most about it? Because it's not for me. I D'Amico should have won. The seven idiots who left D'Amico Ryan's off their ballot. Their top three. I didn't do the math on that. That's the, a good point. Those people, you should be banned from the NFL. I think that's a good ever point, ever talking about football ever again. I would like to see those seven guys' ballots. I, I think they're racist. It wouldn't shock me. Why would? How do you have? How do you leave D'Amico off your top three? And, and, like, and, and if you're doing this the right way, right? As an, as the whoever's the AP and how they're running the the whoever's organizing all this, I'm looking at it to basically say then I'm eliminated. If these people are way whacked out into who they voted for and how they voted, I want them off. Yeah, I want them off. I, they need to make that stuff public. Yep. Like, like the AP votes for college football, college basketball are public, so we can ridicule them. Like there should be some accountability there. Like. I can I can listen to it, and I, I had I have Kevin Stefanski ahead of D'Amico Ryan's like into the regular season. Mm-hmm. Now, if you factor in the playoffs, and I think D'Amico Ryan since he won that playoff game, when do they end the voting? Though I think they ended no, before they the playoffs. Season. Yeah, yeah. It was regular. So I would have voted for Kevin Stefanski. Quite quite honestly, I know that's going to ruffle some feathers. But how do you not have D'Amico Ryan's in your top three? That's ridiculous. Yeah, this was a two coach race, and you could you, a lot of the year Dan Campbell was in the mix, and then because of the fact that Campbell had success last year. Uh, they, he kind of fell down down the rank a little bit behind those two guys. But legitimately, when you start looking at how this was polled and and what and how all these votes were calculated, and this is this goes back to me the year that Worrell voted James Harden, I think, for all defense, and he was the only guy in the entire league that voted for him. And then the ballots came out, and they found out who did it, and that's when, oh. in part, the NBA started eliminating the local broadcasters from voting for their own players. But it's like you legitimately have to show me that you watched enough NFL to understand who you voted for. Otherwise, to Joe's point, how the hell does D'Amico not end up one or two in every either one of those guys in almost every ballot? So I'm, so, I'm counting it for co-coach of the year. I'm sorry. I'm going to take the results. They finish with the equal amount of points. It's how you tell us that this is how you award your coach of the year. First place votes don't matter. First place votes don't matter. Who ends up with the most points? Yeah, and I, I think that, like, mm-hmm. what, when you look at the, the who else got first place votes, to me it's pretty clear that it, it it looks like that people weren't watching the Texans most the season, and they don't care. So these are the other coaches that got first place votes. Dan Campbell got three. Kyle Shanahan okay. got three. I can get it. John Harbaugh got two. <laughs> Sean McVay got one. Yeah, I don't, are, I don't have two. Those are all pretty be, legit to be all, in the They mix. all got first place votes. They're legit. I, I don't. Yeah. The, and then like and like 10 coaches got votes overall. It looks like 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that range. Like Sean McDermott got one third place vote. My guess is that person didn't vote for D'Amico. I'm just guessing. That's a bad vote there. Yeah. Voting for a guy who supports terrorism. I was going to say, Mike he took McDaniel. a lot of heat for that. A guy who vapes on the sideline. Bad he decision. does not Stop vape on that. the sideline. Doesn't vape on the sideline. That, that guy who voted for Mike McDaniel must have not watched the final six weeks of the season. Uh, Todd Bowles got a third place vote. I'm okay with that. Matt Lafleur got two third place votes. They had a better year than expected. That's true. A better year. Than this expected. one surprised me. Shane Steichen only got four third place votes. He got no second place votes, no first place votes. Yeah. He got them to, the, a near playoff team with a backup quarterback, basically, backup basically quarterback. the whole year. And he got four. Four third place votes. Well, I think Campbell probably took a lot. I mean, I, like I said, I think the top three all year were Campbell, Steichen. Uh, I mean, Campbell, Stefanski, and D'Amico. After Steichen got off to the quick start, 
Yeah, I think he kind of fell by the wayside. Six five four five yards sounding like Fox News after Trump lost. Is Fox the Republican side or is that CNN? Yeah, I don't. Even, I don't. Side. I don't keep up with the the politics stuff. Was Trump a Republican or Democrat? Republican. I don't know it. I don't keep up with the aisles. I just don't. Uh, this guy says that D'Amico beats Stefanski on the field. Okay, that's technically not true. Regular season awards, mm, Stefanski actually, actually beat D'Amico on the field. That's right. Uh, and he did it with Joe Flacco, who was the most the uh, comeback player of the year. I, I took exception to this too. Demar Hamlin was dead on the field. And came back. I know he didn't have as no. good a season. I know he didn't have as good a I, season. But Demar Hamlin was dead on the field. Came back and played NFL football the following season, and he got beat out by Joe Flacco, who threw an interception every single game that he started. Look, I understand your point, but here's the thing: you can't go with the sympathy vote if you're not going to go with absolutely. All of it. Where, I can't. It's comeback why? player of the Where's year. Where's Mechie? Like, how do all these people? I get it. Demar Hamlin died. John Mechie yeah. only beat cancer. But like John Mechie didn't get any votes. Well, that's unacceptable too. Exactly, he so should like, have had a few votes. You can't, you can't half-ass it. Like, but, if you're but, but, no, but it's the same argument. It's the same argument. Saying that Hamlin should have won is also saying that Mechie should have had votes. That's my point. Like, so like if they didn't vote for Mechie, then eh. Well, these are my idiot thing voters. Is more like, and I always go to this Keep with Joe all these Flacco. voting and all these you know criteria things. Show me that criteria. Then is it come back on the field or is it come back in life? Well, because he came back. On we the field. all know he Hamlin legitimately came back. In life, and on but field. on the field, he barely played. He like, barely played. Like Flacco gets on the field and kicks some serious ass and takes his team to the playoffs. A lot of turnovers. That's a major, but still, what he did with the, that was a pretty major story. He's the reason why Stefanski won Coach of the Year. Pretty he, much, he started five games and he won the Comeback Player of the Year over a guy who died on the field. That's unacceptable. These are voters are yeah. idiots. Uh, we I, need a new batch of voters. I'm an idiot then. You are. Like I, he started I, five games. Demar Hamlin doesn't play football. He played like that. It's not true. Him and Joe Flacco. How many played, games did Hamlin? They both played in the same amount of games this year. I don't think Hamlin started again. I think he only he, played. Uh, yeah, I was just say he didn't. Uh, how many did he start? Played, Zero. He played in five games and he had the worst fake punt of the off season. That's his whole season. Playoff. That was playoffs. It's a regular season award, Joe. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm saying <laughs> it's a regular season award. We can't hold the fake punt against them. Seven one three seven eight zero ESP. It was yesterday the greatest day in Houston Texans franchise history. 713-780-ESPN. Busy show for you today. Busy Money Super Bowl edition. Uh, who said it? The uh, Killer Bees try to continue their winning ways. We'll look ahead to some Super Bowl. Also, C.J. Stroud, should he have input on personnel decisions? We'll kick that around a little bit later as well. We're on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. None of those guys work. We're also on YouTube. You can just search us at ESPN Houston. He's at Pac-Man Joel on Twitter. He's at Joe George Radio on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy Branham on Twitter. Also, when we return, Andre's the first Texans Hall of Famer. We know who the second one is going to be, J.J. Watt. Who is the third one going to be? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You know, it's in my Hall of Fame, General Ben. It's also in my uh, cabinet of liquor. It's a great pleasure of mine to tell you all about Gentle Ben for a variety of reasons. At the top of that list, I believe what I say. Gentle Ben is the absolute best. Whether it's the vodka, best in the state, the gin, best in the market, or the bourbon, the double platinum winner at the prestigious Ascot Awards. Gentle Ben uses their innovative, revolutionary technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you will ever taste. One of the impurities it eliminates are the heavy alcohols, kind of like the stuff you use to clean up a cut. That's not in Gentle Ben. It's smooth, clean, eliminates the burn. Don't labor through your drink. Enjoy it. Savor it. You can do that with Gentle Ben. Head to the Gentle Ben Tasting Room. Stop at your favorite liquor store. Pick up a bottle or two today. Ask for it the next time you're at uh, your favorite bar, your favorite restaurant, 
Or you can just head to GentleBin.com. Order straight from the website, GentleBin.com. Add the vodka, add the gin, add the bourbon uh, to your cart. They'll deliver it straight to your doorstep. Also, Ben's Bar inside the Toyota Center. Gentle Ben, you'll love what's not in it. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. He's Blank. I'm Branham. We are the Killer Beasts. Uh, this Sunday is the big game, and you're invited to watch it at Warehouse Live Midtown. Doors open at 2, live music starting at 3, free admission, and all you have to do is go to WarehouseLiveMidtown.com, WarehouseLiveMidtown.com. Click on tickets, and then look for the big game party to get your free tickets. Come enjoy the big game uh, with us, and of course, you can sing Granado Happy Birthday, too, if you want. He's letting everybody know his birthday on, on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. was yesterday the biggest day in Texas. Texans history. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. J Dog, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, J Dog? What's going on, fellas? Oh, radio. Hello? Yep, go ahead, man. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, so uh, of course you all y'all know I'm a Ravens fan, but I'm a Ravens fan by way of growing up a Miami Hurricanes fan. Ray Ed went to Miami, so I'm so happy that Dre got in. That was big. And also, too, while we're talking about Miami, since Lamar is there, somewhere in the show, can you guys, like, yeah, y'all probably got a little bit more pool than I do. I went to the game a couple weeks ago. But in two years, Lamar got 99 of 100 votes to become the unanimous mm-hmm. NFL MVP. Now, I'm appreciative of the award, but can y'all find that one person who didn't give him a one a first-place vote out of 50 people, 49 out of 50? Come on, man! I appreciate y'all. J Dog, appreciate it. Thanks for the call. I would want. I would be curious who they voted in too, because Josh Allen. Oh, <laughs> did they really? Yep. What is it with MV- these? These voters are voting for players who can't win in the playoffs. Yeah, they voted for Josh Allen. Man, but it Lamar, is, it's a regular season award. Yeah. But even still, I mean, by the end of the year, it was pretty cut and dried, clear cut. I know Josh Allen. The last five games played his tail off, but Lamar played his tail off the whole year. They had the best record in the league. <laughs> It's hard. I, I, yeah, that that's that's a tough one. And Lamar would have had my vote, uh, but I mean, Me ninety nine out of a hundred is a lot. It's a lot. Um, I get the prestige of having unanimous unanimous MVP. At the same time, that was dominant. That that's what he deserved. That yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it would have been cool to have the unanimous, but uh, just. 99 out of 100 ain't bad either. 0511, how can you say the voters are idiots directly after saying Trump was a Republican or a Democrat? Because I'm a one-trick pony. I only pay attention to sports. I pay attention to nothing else in my life. Mm. I live under a sports rock, and that is all I know. And some would say I don't know that very well. Vanderpump. That's true. I do like a little reality television late at night. That is my guilty pleasure. Politics or not? Uh, 6091, Texans should get an award for winning the draft. He said draft in all capital letters. Yeah, I mean, you look back at the draft. It was one that I said would live in infamy for every other NFL team. They just cut off my mic. You couldn't hear me finish that sentence. Um, yeah, I mean, the text, they, they made bold moves. Like, I will forever say that them trading up to three was an overpay. Look at every single, like, Jimmy Johnson trade chart, any of the other ones that exist that are out there. They gave up more. Yep. Then what those charts would say to move up to number three, that was a calculated risk. It was a gamble. And to Casario's credit, he overpaid with draft capital, but he nailed the pick. No doubt. And that's why it's not such a cut-and-dried slam dunk on without an argument or a discussion about it to where, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't just say, well, because we, I was right there with you. I said, hey, man, that was a lot to give up in my opinion. And at the time, I was thinking that the Texans weren't going to have the season that they had this last year, which made every, 
eased, eased whatever concerns a lot of people might have had starting the season. But when you look at it, the reason why it's still a discussion is who you could have had just by be, who was taken in that same area where you could have had Laporta, where you could have had Gibbs at running back. You could have had multiple guys that would have helped at multiple positions and been starters. Now, obviously, Will Anderson played his tail off, and, and he got the award he got last night. But on the flip side, let's not just sleep on the fact that you could have had really legitimately strong starting football players with the picks you gave up, too. No, that's that's absolutely the truth. Uh, they would have probably been on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and you would have had to get those picks right, too. Like, we're assuming that that's who they would have picked. Maybe they would have went Lucas Van Ness or something. It wouldn't have been it as was, good. And I watched him play a lot. He was okay, but he wasn't. I mean, he literally wasn't a guy that caught your attention most games for Green Bay. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Yesterday, best day in Texans history. Back out to the HRMP listener line. Mark, you're in the hive of the bees. What's going on? Hey, how y'all doing? Great. Yeah, yesterday was the best day in history compared to the twelve game uh, winning streak with Deshaun and uh, almost won, almost beating uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I think out there. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. There Appreciate it. That's a vote on the uh, yes side. Uh, one four four eight. You lost the coach of the year bet too, huh, Branham? Did, did, am I missing something here? I don't. Think I, I don't know. I don't remember if we made a bet on See, coach of the year. I know that I was pretty strong about D'Amico, but I don't think we ever bet on it. I don't think so either. And I picked the Stefanski. Side, yeah, you did. So I, I don't think I ever made a bet on it. Uh, maybe he's making assumptions, and you know what happens when you make assumptions. Joe can tell you all about that. Eight six three eight. Comeback player of the year, most improved player of the year should be separate awards. I like that idea. I think that I think that's very strong because then you know, especially when you were talking about man of the year and how they're and it, it was if you watched any of it last night, how they were obviously always hell uh, hell bent and focused on the fact that these are more than just football players and all the things. Uh, Hayward won the the man of the year award last night. They love all of that stuff too. We all were glued to everything about Demar Hamlin. There is no doubt that that was the the unbelievable feel good story of many years for the NFL. But he hardly played. Like, if you want to do it that way, I, I would be all for that as a solution. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea. Uh, 713-780-ESPN-1408. Flacco beat your bad words. Actually, he, <laughs> Flacco beat your team's bad word. Um, yeah, in the regular season, you did. And then that team beat your team's bad word yep. uh, in the playoffs. But regular season awards. I, I see what you're doing here. Um, Andre's the first Hall of Famer, Texans history. J.J. Watt's going to be the second Hall of Famer in Texans history. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the third? Well, to me, and I don't think there's any question that if he gets in, he's going in as a Houston Texan, it would be D-Hop. Because D-Hop was a guy that was arguably, when Bill O'Brien traded him, the best receiver in all of the NFL. He had his best years as a member of the Houston Texans. He, he He had, you know, obviously some decent years and strong years in Arizona. But since then, he's fallen off. But if you can just look at all of his stats and try and figure out, is it going to be enough for him to actually get in? Because that window wasn't all open for all that long as arguably one of the best receivers in the NFL. But he had some really, really good years to where if I would say, because I don't think Dwayne Brown's going to get in as an offensive lineman. And Dwayne Brown has had some you know very uh, good years. I think some, uh, some all-pro type years. But I would say it's D-Hop. It's a good one. Um... I think D-Hop's going to have better numbers than Andre, and you can make the case that DeAndre had a higher peak. Uh, DeAndre, three-time All-Pro. Andre was a two-time All-Pro. 
Uh, Andre had 1,062 catches. DeAndre's at 928. So, like, that's that's attainable. That's reachable. Yeah. How much does he want to f- continue playing? Uh, you know, that's going to come into play. Yards, Andre had just over 14,000. DeAndre's a little shy of 1,250. Touchdowns, DeAndre's already passed him. Yeah, and he has 78 the, to Andre 70. One of the drawbacks to, to Andre because everybody always looks at his touchdowns, and it's unfortunate because of, a lot of that depends on who's throwing him the ball too and the offense that they're playing. But I think the other thing, the, the reason, one of the things we talked about yesterday was why Andre gets more credit was because it was before it was a completely pass-happy NFL like all the Colts, Colts receivers. Credit to D-Hop, but cre- D-Hop's, Peak was because of the fact, too, that he's going to have better numbers than Andre because he was in that pass happy. But who was throwing him the football? You know, were they were they quality that that uh, that high of a quality of a quarterback either? Yeah, see, that's why I look at the all pros, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like looking at the all pros sometimes more than I look like looking at the overall stats. Like the texture says that DeAndre's not going to have enough to get in the Hall of Fame. I think DeAndre is going to end up putting better numbers up than Andre, and he has one more all-pro team. Like, DeAndre is going to have the better numbers than Andre Johnson and the better accolades than Andre Johnson. So I, I think that that is the answer. I was going to go John Weeks for the laugh. Um, call me crazy. I think C.J. Stroud's right after that. Oh, I thought CJ about Stroud's it right away. I was like, is it already too soon? But then I started thinking about all the, the, the people that right away when Mahomes got on the heater to start, to start his career, that they started anointing him already Hall of Fame and greatest possible, possibly the greatest quarterback in the history of the league. And I'm like, well, if you're w- willing to jump that far that fast on Mahomes, then it shouldn't be out of the realm to consider that, that CJ might be the next Texan to go in. It's hard for receivers to get voted in. Um, you know, and maybe Andre had some help with some people that were trying to get him in, where maybe DeAndre won't. Like that could factor in. Um, there's also like I know I know Andre had some really good receivers he was going up against as well. Maybe there's more when D Hop goes in. So like that could factor in too. But if you're going to compare resumes, DeAndre, Andre, DeAndre, I think is going to have the better resume. Yeah, I, I think that again because he got more into that pass happy. But the one thing that I was thinking about, too, was the fact that you might have some guys by the time that D-Hop comes up uh, and is eligible that either have just wrapped up their careers or, you know, and are just that already. Because Andre is uh, shocking to me, was 11th all time still in like yardage, I think. And I'm going, and he really didn't have guys that were really adequate throwing him the football for the most part. I think D-Hop and a lot of guys that are playing now are going to blow a lot of those numbers out of the water. See, actually, I think we overrate that a little bit. The He didn't have anybody throwing him, so it means that he would have had better stats. Like, mm, I mean, even with not great quarterbacks, Shop was pretty dang good in his peak. Yeah. Um, even Touchdowns with, maybe would have been the biggest improvement. At. I think it's more about winning. Like, he didn't have the winning because he didn't have good quarterback play. But bad quarterbacks throw the ball to their top targets all the time. Like, we see bad football teams put up huge numbers. Blake Bortles was a fantasy king for two years because they were behind in games and he was racking up yards after yards after yards. So, I don't love the bad quarterback debate when it it translates to, like, individual stat. Now, certainly impacts their ability to win. I think that's where Andre suffered the most by not having great quarterback play uh, because, I mean, he had 1,500 yards twice. Someone made the argument yesterday that Holt... Three times. ...and Wayne 
had more had uh, a Super Bowl victory and more Super Bowl appearances than Andre, and that should count. It's like, well, is it a team award or is it an individual award? That's where, again, when you get yeah. into criteria, how are you trying to define a Hall of Famer? And I think Andre was just a better player than mm-hmm. those guys. Like, those guys might have had the better numbers, but give me Andre Johnson over those guys if I'm drafting a football team. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. A couple of these guys say uh, Tunsil. Maybe. Because, I mean, he's going to go down as, you know, he's going to play for a long time. He's going to be a top five left tackle for most of his entire career. Better than I Wayne Brown. You, I think that's a good call. Yeah. I think Tunsil will be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think it'll come down to those two guys probably. Because, you know, for a while there, Dwayne Brown literally was your pillar that everybody recognized within the NFL as being one of the best offensive linemen in the league. But Tunsil clear cut is always getting credit as being not just paid like it, but one of the best left tackles in the game. And that'll translate. So, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could too. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Time for a little BZ money. Super Bowl coming up on Sunday, Kansas City, San Francisco. It's the last BZ money of the year. We're going to play the number. We're going to play the total. And we each have a prop bet that we're ready to play for you as well. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, we're talking about the big game. And if you want to put some money down on some of the things that you think are going to hit in the Super Bowl, you need to go to mybookie.ag because mybookie.ag has all the different angles from the prop bets to the over-unders to, uh, to the spread in the game and so much more. If you want to get some money down and know your money's going to be safe and secure and that, you gotta, that you're going to play with a, a company that takes care of you to where you can have extra money in your account, you go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code for listening to us. We give you the code. Bet975. When you use that code and you put it in every time you get a chance to, there's a really good chance that you can double your money on your next deposit between fifty dollars to $1,000. They're going to take care of you and make sure that when you put money in, they're going to give you extra cash to play with. So more money you can play with, more games you can bet on, and, of course, more chances to win. And even when there aren't games going on, whether it's golf or wrestling, or I'm mean, not wrestling, but uh, UFC, uh, soccer, all the different sporting events that are going on, there's a pretty good chance you can bet on them at mybookie.ag, but use our promo code BET975 and cash in even more before you even put money down on a sporting event. And live dealers also standing by when no games are going on for you to play casino games like poker and blackjack. But use our promo code wherever you can. Go to where I always tell you to go. Go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code BET975. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with the only place I tell you to do it. Mybookie.ag. All right, it's time for you to see how easy it is to take these guys' money. Are you threatening me? Let's get to their picks on BZ Money. Time for us to go out with a bang. This clown on the uh, on the, the text line here, HRMP listener line. I'm going to fade you guys, easy money. Have you not been paying attention to BZ Money Seriously. all football season? We're up 670, baby. 670 units. That's how many we're up. Unit, a dollar for us. Mr. Gow gave us a $1,000 bankroll, which he had no business doing. We were awful last year. And we won $670. Fuzzy math there for a little bit. We were up more than that. Uh, but we've had a good year. And we're going we're gonna to lock in a profit. I want to do. I do want to get a little reckless for Super Sunday. Since it's not our money; it's Mr. Gow's money. But uh, we are going to lock in a profit for him. We're, we're, we're going to make sure of that. So six hundred and seventy to play with. Well, six sixty nine to play with. Yeah. To lock so in we can profit. make money. Yeah. So we can lock in a profit. Uh, let's start with against the spread. Uh, I saw it this morning at one and a half. That's what I've seen on ESPN. Had it at uh, one and a half. So we, we cool operating off one and a half. Bet US had it at one. 
Um, so it's been one, one and a half. We cool with one and a half? Yeah, I'll sure. go with one and a half. Yep. All right, how are we feeling about this? I mean, you guys know how I feel. If you're, you've got Patrick Mahomes and you're getting points, uh, I'm always going to be in favor of that. I just feel like they keep, they're keep they playing their best football, unlike the Niners. I, I just love the fact that they've been in this dan- dance before and come out on top. They've got all the experience. they got the momentum on their side of how they've been playing. And I feel like the Chiefs are going to find a way to win this football game. Yeah, I learned my lesson. I should have listened to you, the wise one, whenever we discussed this game in the AFC Championship. I was like, oh, no, you're you're not very smart here. I'm going with the Ravens. They're playing the best football. You're like, I'm telling you, Mahomes is an underdog. We should never go away from that. I learned that lesson the hard way. Put you I on can, Bad Take I, Boulevard I, yesterday I, because of it. You should have. You should have. That, that's, a, that's a very well-played Bad Take Boulevard. I'm going to eat the L on that one. I'm going to concede defeat. But you know what I think are L's? I don't think L's are losses. I think L's are lessons. And I learned my lesson here. Give me Mahomes as a dog in the Super Bowl. See, I'm thinking, I, I'm good with that, too. So we're all in the Chiefs there. You know, the, the thing about the line, though, is that it just does nothing for I me. I played the money line. Exactly. I played the money it's line. plus 101 when I, when I saw it this morning. It's like it's, it's marginal. <laughs> we don't marginal. play. We don't play the vig though. We don't pay the vig on BZ money. No, I know. So it doesn't really make sense to play the money line here. Yeah, we might as well like, take the points. Th- we'll we take don't the play points the too. But like, it's a point and a half. Yeah, like, I played it, the money line personally. It's such a small number that you might as well take the money line if you're actually going to bet it. Because does anyone really think the Chiefs are going to lose this game by a point? I mean, like, depending on what the vig is, though, it's minus one ten, and then it's plus one hundred five. No, it's minus one ten both ways. That doesn't make much sense. That's what they're looking at. I'm looking at ESPN right now. The spread is minus one and a half Chiefs, minus 110. Chiefs plus one and a half, minus 110. I don't... No, I don't, no, 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 no. What are, what are the Chiefs' money line? Oh, plus 101. Yeah, that's the diff, that's the that's the gap there. Yeah. So you're playing the minus... The, the delta there is 16, right? Yeah. From plus 101 to minus 115 is a delta of 16. So that's what you're losing by playing I the, the number small versus number. the money line. Yeah. yeah, so I guess we're all taking the Chiefs. Yeah, we're all taking the Chiefs. Well, since we don't play the vig on BC Money, so, give me the one and a half. Said we want to get reckless. Yeah, let's let's figure out what we're all going to play, and then maybe price it later. Or do you want? That's, wanna, fine. That's fine. Because That's fair. we might not. I'm good with you that. See what I'm saying? I have, yep. two, I have two props to go through as well. So. I got a couple as well. So we'll we'll do that at the end. But we're, we're playing Kansas City here when you we're unanimous. So we might be big on this bad boy. Uh, the total's forty seven and a half between Kansas City and San Francisco. Do you have a feel on the way this one goes in terms of points? Oh, man. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say that both teams have better than average defense. Uh, I, I think that when I'm thinking about the final score, I'm, I'm thinking somewhere in the, in the range of like 24-21. Mm-hmm. So that would be under to me. I think it, obviously they always do it to where it's a, it's a perfectly placed number. But if if I'm going to go one way or the other, and you guys can, you know, we'll figure out who who wins the vote. I'm going to go under. Yeah, this is one that I, I personally didn't play. I thought it's a really good number. Yep. Like I was a 24, 21, 27, 21 final score, which is right around the mm-hmm. number. Uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. So if we're forced to play it, I would probably lean under. But I probably rather spend my money elsewhere. I'm under as well. So okay. we'll, we'll go small on there. the under, yeah, but we'll this will be a small out. one when we go back. Yeah, yep. we got to have yep. money everywhere. Okay, let's each get a uh, prop bet. If you, if any of you like prop bets too, 713-780-3776, what is your favorite prop bet of the Super Bowl? Not not in terms of entertainment value, uh, but you think it's profitable. Uh, what are you going to go with here, Blinkers? I had a couple. The first one to me that just seems too easy, which scares me, is how many times will Taylor Swift be shown live and the number was five? 
that's got to be over, right? So I had it, the one I saw was five and a half, and it's plus three fifty with the unders plus. Actually, I'm sorry, the over under is five and a half on the one I saw. So same thing. Yeah, I like the under on it. Do you? I think in the AFC Championship they only showed it like two or three times. Yeah, and that's the same. So that's the CBS. You're, so you're going, against, CBS you're going against Lee, huh? Because Lee said yesterday with you and Barry that he would take the under. Well, I wasn't with Barry yesterday. No, I'm talking to Joel. He didn't say. I think he said that under. He doesn't feel like it would be under. No, but Lee Lee called the under yesterday. Oh, yeah. he called Taylor, the under. Yeah, oh, Taylor on TV. Yeah, oh, I, I would gotcha. go against Lee on this one. I feel like. But now let me ask the parameters. Is it from the time the kickoff to yes. the end of the game? Yes, I think they so. don't anything I, before and after that does. Does halftime count? count? I don't. I don't think so. That's good. I I just I, I just for some reason this is what Goodell and everybody's pushing and they love this whole association between her and the league. I just think five is light. See, I think it's actually big. Um... This was Cowherd's big thing. Like, he had that hot take, and people loved him for it. It was, like, the first time Cowherd said anything good in a while. Um, he talked about how they only showed her two or three times, and it was, like, for a combined 25 seconds. And everybody's losing their mind that they're showing Taylor Swift a lot when the math actually isn't there. I think that the value here is under. I had it at five okay. and a half. Under five and a half, and it's plus 130. So I like the value I'm getting there. I like the under on this one. I kind of lean to the under too, just because I, I do think in this moment, like they're gonna, they're going to show her. But I think they know that they're not going to want to go over the top. I think they, they already have. I don't primary. know what they're scared of now. But they kind of. I feel like they backtracked last week a little bit. CBS was the game. They they did the AFC Championship, and they did. Mm-hmm. I think it was three, two or three times. I want to say it was two, but three. Even if it's three, even if it's four, even if it's five at five and a half, and CBS is doing the Super Bowl, so. I think That's that cool they show her. I think they make a. I think they make it like a. You know, they have a little thing or two to say. Maybe they show her after a touchdown. I. Ha- I feel like five and a half is big, for a for a football game. All right, so we'll go on the under. Okay. Small wager when we get back to it, but I document that Joel's against us. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with an Usher live performance prop bet. Okay, Usher shouting out Vegas over two and a half at plus one sixty. I think he'll make reference to being in Vegas more than two and a half times, and I like the value here. Plus 160. So give me Usher over two and a half, mentioning Vegas in his halftime performance. I would go under on that. My gut feeling is he's playing to the world. He likes the world stage. Mm. He knows that he's performing to everyone, so I don't think he's going to want to limit it to Vegas. So if I was to go one way or another on that one, I would go under. I like how he dropped an album middle of the night, by the way. This is a good one. <laughs> I, I didn't even think about something like this. Yeah, I'm going to go on the over because I feel like... Now, I am musically... What's what's the opposite of inclined? Musically challenged. Musically challenged. Blankers is definitely the music savant of the two of us. You know what? Let's go under. So now that he's on the I'm going under side under. of it, this just, is not one that I feel great about going, anymore. Let's just go under. Small bet again. And I liked his answer, so... <laughs> All right, so under on that one. What, uh, what prop are you selling to us, Joe? All right, so one of my favorite props I found this year that they're doing for the first time... Uh, uh, FanDuel partner with Next Gen Stats for this one. Fastest offensive ball carrier recorded according to Next Gen Stats during the game. They're all the the cheapest you can get or the worst value you can get is plus five ninety for Debo Samuel. So is Christian McCaffrey. I'm gonna go Brandon Ayuk plus seven thirty. Mm. Fastest recorded ball carrier. Speed in the game. It is. I'm trying to think of who would be faster. 
And, and Pacheco's more of a just Pacheco's a, the, uh, the only chief. And in the how top often three. is Pacheco like? Does he get open? I'll give you space? the sleeper, but I don't even know if he's going to be active. Tony. Yeah. Tony, if he's on the field in the slot and he's gets going, he can go. But hey, he looks th- a good one. I like the value that you're getting there because I I like I like receiver here. I like mm-hmm. receiver yeah, here because sure. you have like space. You have like maybe open, you have yep. a quick 15 yard burst because mm-hmm. you need some yards to get to your top speed. I wouldn't really like a running back here because like it's difficult for a running back to get past second, third level and then be able to get into his burst to get into his top speed. So I like receiver. This is interest. This is a and Debo's got the shoulder. So bet. I don't know if he's going to be blazing. I love this. Bet. I don't know if the shoulder help like hurt your speed though. So I think I think it a lot of times like when you're, you're landing your and gate. you're bouncing and stuff. Yeah, I think it can limit you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I used to be a blazer. Um, I like this. I mean, it's a good value. It, they're all good value. You could you could bet three of these, and as long as one of them hits, you're still making a profit because they're all pl- good plus money. Remember when Andrew Beck had the highest top speed for that game that he ran? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, no the, one would yep, have had yep, that. Yep. <laughs> you could have got a fullback at plus five thousand, probably. What is uh, Juchek? Uh He is plus thirty five hundred. <laughs> That's funny. I'm okay. I'm cool playing this. Maybe a little, little right. dab at it. Maybe like ten bucks. The other that's a low prop ten to win yeah. seventy seven or whatever it yeah. was. It's not bad. The other one that I was I was in- intrigued by the over under on a number of songs Usher will get in in the halftime is oh, eight and a half. I saw it at nine and a half. I think it's under. See, do you want to play that one under? Because the I had it at nine and a half at plus one ten. Like, I know you don't have money. to finish the under, song, under nine and a half. but like you can't get a whole album out in a halftime. Does he I have would go nine under. songs that everyone yeah. would know? He's got yes. some bangers, man. I don't think so. See, like there was another one uh, about him performing a cover. I said yeah a couple times there Did- just because <laughs> that was one of them. Oh, was it? That's well done. I didn't even notice that. Um, do you think he performs a cover? They usually do. I, but Usher's got a collection of hits. I think it's a collab more other than a cover. I think he's going to collab with counts. someone else, and it's going to be someone else's song. I, think I bet it, you that counts. I, I, think, it, that I counts. think they do count that, but right, there's been no leaks that. of like who's going to come out with them. He, but he kind of hinted that he has a lot of features in his songs, yeah. and that it might be a few of the people that are featured in his like songs. Like Lil John will come out for yeah, probably yeah. So you want to go under nine and a half? At plus I would go under nine and a half. Yeah, all, nine and well, let's play that one. Yep. Uh, someone said the orange Gatorade. Apparently, orange Gatorade's been the popular Gatorade lately. I hate betting Gatorades. How with two red teams? How is it not red? Well, they don't drink red Gatorade. Always. Who doesn't? Not everyone drinks red Gatorade. But it's a flavor. I wonder and, if I mean, it's, it's the, a color for Gatorade. I would think it's a no-brainer. I wonder if it's the athletic training staff that does that, or if it's somebody that's just like facilities of the Super Bowl. I wonder who decides that. See, I was going to say, because I think the level of cheat the would be the equip, equipment yeah. guys did it. Yeah. Based on player preference. That's why as the, opposed the, to the league stepping in. Yeah. I think it's player preference here. So this is teams. Man. I, I don't bet I don't Gatorade. like Gatorades. I, I think it's funny when people bet the coin flip and you're paying the VIG. People are betting heads or tails at minus 110. What? Yeah. What are you doing? You're an idiot. Like, you're dumb. You're, you're, you're a dummy. Isn't that playing the color on uh, roulette? Yeah, but at least you're at a table, like yeah, having a little right. fun watching the ball go around, as opposed to just put minus one ten on the coin flip. Um, I always like to bet the national anthem. Oh, Lee was big on this yesterday. What? Which, because Lee's daughter. What? Do you, what did she get? She's, she's picked. Hit, she's picked the correct nine years. Nine out of the last row. eleven or something it's like nine that. Nine years in a row. I have a buddy's wife who probably has a very similar resume, but this year I'm hearing I'm hearing like conflicting reports, like. 
half the people I hear from under, half the people over. I guess that's how a good bet works. What did uh, what did uh, Lee said under because she can't hit the high notes anymore and hang on them. Saying that she's washed. Hot take, Lee. Yeah. Oh, he broke it down, Jeremy. He broke it down by note, like starting in the key of A versus B, C, or D, and went really, really deep into this. Do we want to play the under on Reba's? Let's do it. What's the under? What is it? I think I saw it at eighty-eight and a half seconds. Ooh, that is. Ooh, that's quick. It's a little under a minute and a half. Unlike Aretha, who went for nine and a half minutes, right? <laughs> Let's double check that because I didn't have that one written down. But I think it's okay. around eighty-eight and a half. What's the Reba McIntyre? How would I type Length that? of anthem. Yeah, that I'm pretty sure it was eighty-eight and a half. This one says ninety and a half. Let's just go with that. Let's go, with that. <laughs> Let's go ninety and a half. Better number. Let's fix it on our side. I... Uh, over or under. Under. It seems kind of short, but I mean, I don't think at this point in her career she's looking for extra exposure. I don't think this is the right number. Want to come back to it? Yeah, let's come back to it. Let's set our bets on all the other ones. Okay. So our size of our bets. Wait, can I do one more real quick? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Patrick Mahomes throws a touchdown in the first quarter, plus 210. Are you sure that's a passing touchdown? Yeah. Well, I think they get that. You sure it's a passing touchdown? Yeah. Okay. I'm cool with that. I'll double check it during the break. But. I like Pat Mahomes. I like Mahomes, him to throw first touchdown quarter, passes. First quarter touchdown I mean, plus two ten. At Baltimore in the AFC Championship was any indication with a good defense. They went right down the field on the first drive. And that was plus what? Two ten. Okay, says over or under eighty nine and a half seconds. So it was pretty close. Eighty nine okay. and a half seconds right. for Reba. Are we going under on that? Yeah. So we're going under on that. How much do we want to play on all these? Hundo on the total. I mean on the on the number. Okay. And then what about the rest? Uh, 25 on the over-under. How do you guys think? Okay. That's fine. Because we all said... Yeah, because we were kind of wishy-washy yeah. on... Uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, Jer- Jeremy and I, it's up to us. Because we went, you went uh, against Joel. Let's go 25 on that one. 25. Uh, Usher shouting Vegas over-under two and a half times. We went under. That was y'all, so y'all decide. Uh, 25. Okay. Uh, $10 on the AU get plus 750, you yep, said? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Usher, nine and a half songs. We went on the under. under. Quarter. Yep. Uh, Reba, under 89 and a half. Let's go 50. Okay. Wow. We're all in agreement felt, on it. Yeah, we all were on an Usher, too. I feel actually stronger on Usher than I do Reba, but that's fine. We can flip them. Go 50 on Usher. Let's go 50 on both. Okay, that's cool. You might as well. We have, we, we're we're going to be under our profit. So uh, Mahomes, first quarter touchdown, plus 210. Passing touchdown. Got it. 25? Yeah. All right, there we go. All right. So we ended up 100, 175, 185, 205. All right, 305. So we're guaranteed still if we lose all of these bets, we're still going to be like $365 up. So Look winner, at us. winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> you listen to the Killer Bees, you make money. Speaking of money, would you give Alex Bregman the same contract that Jose Altuve got? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank, on Branham. Um, the Taylor Swift is from the time the game kicks off to the time the game ends. A lot of people are saying, well, if they win, they're going to show her more. That's why I asked, yeah. But I guess, I mean, if it's a 20-point game late fourth quarter, they'll probably show her a lot. So game score might matter here. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to have cut scenes of Taylor Swift if there's a 
like opportunity for a game winning drive. I so mean, we like, probably need I to be close. If the Niners are blowing their doors off, I don't think you're going to yeah. see her whole. Yeah. But if the Chiefs are up big, they probably keep going to that suite. I do feel like I kind of spit in the face of that with like my my one major bet I did make, which was Travis Kelsey plus fifteen hundred to win MVP. If he wins MVP. She's going to be on there more than five and a half times. That's kind of like a hedge that you just made there. Yeah, but except the the amount of dollars, fake dollars versus real dollars, doesn't really equal. No, yeah, there is that the that part of it. Uh, Alex Bregman, a couple of quotes say, yeah, we're trying to work on whatever. Crane, Crane on Bregman, he's another good one, Crane said, a little younger, a little different circumstance than Altuve. It depends on whether he wants to test the market or he'll sign a deal with us, but we'll definitely make him an offer. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're at least going to make him a, you know, old college try. Scott Boris, that's Alex Bregman's agent, says he and Dana have talked to Bregman extension. Uh, Alex has made it clear he's open to listening to whatever the, the, uh, the Astros have to say. So a lot of vague quotes there that really don't mean a whole lot. Pretty fluffy. Yeah. They're very fluffy. Very fluffy. They could go either way. They're vague. They're gray, whatever. Would you give Alex Bregman the same contract you just gave Jose Altuve. Now, you're probably going to structure it different. You know, Altuve, 15 million right. signing bonus, 25, 25, 25, 10, 10. Uh, I don't really, I'm not really talking about the escalators here. I'm just talking about the raw number. 125 million, five years. Would you give that to Alex Bregman? I would. I think I would. I think he's still an above average third baseman, both offensively and defensively. I don't think he's worthy of getting Manny Machado money, as we've talked about, or some of the, the higher priced. Uh, big-time third baseman and other guys that have gotten contracts recently. But I think that in this situation, in that locker room, on, on the hot corner, and a part of this team going forward, I I, wanna say, I don't want to say it, it's, it's a bargain, but I think that it's reasonable enough if you could average 25 a year, 27 a year for him. I still think that's fair enough to where I would do that deal. Is that too obvious to where Alex Bregman's probably saying no? I think it is. I, I don't think that's enough for him. I think that he's chasing a bag that's bigger than, and we've talked about this uh, throughout the process. I think he's chasing a bag bigger than what the Astros are willing to give him. He thinks he's worth more than what the Astros see his value to be. And I think with his agent and the fact he's already indicated that he's kind of wanting to test the market to see what he's worth, unless he completely craps the bed this year, off, you know, offensively especially, I think he's going to test free agency thinking that, and taking the mentality of I'm worth a lot more than that. See, I think this is pretty fair. I think this is fair market value. He's going to be 30 and 24. So a five-year deal is when he's 31, 32, 33, 34, 35. That's not you know, terrible on a five-year deal. Like At least it's his early 30s going into his mid-30s as opposed to mid-30s into his late 30s. But if you look at, like, I'm, I'm real curious what Matt Chapman's contract looks like. Matt Chapman's still a free agent, by the way. Mm-hmm. And Matt Chapman, not the offensive player that Bregman is, but he's entering free agency at the age of 30. Alex Bregman's going to be entering free agency at the age of 31. Uh, Chapman, while he's not as good an offensive player, unbelievable glove. Like, one of the best defensive third basemen, if not the best defensive third baseman in all of baseball. Very valuable third baseman. Uh, so I've, I've been trying to see what his contract... I've been hoping that he would sign, because I think that what he signs for is going to be very similar to whatever Alex Bregman signs for. Matt Chapman's still a free agent. Pitchers and catchers report next week. Um, when you look at other third basemen in baseball, looking at their AAV, first off, $25 million would be a raise for Alex Bregman's AAV. Remember at the time he signed a $100 million five-year deal, $20 million AAV. But because of the escalators they gave him, it would actually be a step backwards. The escalators they gave him, it, was, it started off at 5.7, went up to 13, 13, then 30 and a half last year, 30 and a half this year. So while it's a raise in AAV, it's $5.5 million less than what he's going to be making this year. 
But if you look at the top AAV in third baseman in all of baseball, the $25 million would be the fifth most for a third baseman. So, like, that's pretty good company. Mm-hmm. The ones that are above him, Anthony Rendon, which he's stealing money from the Angels, yes. but, think you know, fine for him. He's a Houstonian. Uh, $35 million a year. Like, Brightman's not a $35 million a year player. Nope. Sorry. Uh, he's, Rendon signed two forty five for seven whenever he signed his deal. Nolan Arenado's making thirty two and a half. Sorry, Bregman. You're not Arenado, and you're not a $32.5 million player. Arenado is 260 for eight when he signed his deal. You mentioned the Machado one the other day, 350 for 11. That averages out to just under $32 million. And then Rafael Devers makes 31.3. He signed a 10 year deal, 313, but he was young when he was 25 when he signed his deal. Um, so that would be who Bregman would be behind. That would be the fifth highest third base salary in all the baseball behind him, Austin Riley, but he bought out arbitration years, right. big deal, 21.2. And then Jose Ramirez, because he wanted to stay in Cleveland for some reason, signed a super team-friendly deal that pays him $20 million a year. I think 25 is fair for Bregman. I, I think too. five years is fair for Bregman. I do too. I think, like I said, I think he's big game hunting that he wants more in both categories, years and money. But I think that, you, you don't really know what you got till you're gone. And if you go somewhere else and realize it's not the same setup, it's not the same situation, you're not surrounded by the same type of players and you're just chasing the bag, that there's a different feel to it too and that maybe he might come to his senses a little bit. I really think if that offer is on the table that he should take it, I just I have this feeling that with Boris, they're going to chase they're chasing more. Yeah, I think I feel like he's getting chased. I feel like he's chasing too. I don't think he would sign this deal. Uh, Junior Broncos saying that I'm living on Mars and that he's going to sign a seven year deal worth two twenty. Uh, let's bet on that one, Junior Broncos. I don't think that Bregman's getting two hundred and twenty million dollar total value of his deal. Other than like the Mets, where would that be? And even the Mets have turned like what did the Mets do this offseason? Like I feel like they kind of learned their lesson on spending tons of money the year before. I don't see Bregman getting seven years, two hundred and twenty million dollars now. Maybe he asks for that and then comes short, and like I would give him the one the one twenty five for five. I'm not paying Alex Bregman a dollar more than I paid Jose Altuve. Agreed. I'm not. I'm not going above that for Alex Bregman. That is my maximum. Hey, here's my offer. This is this is the most we're doing. This is my best and final. Take it or leave it. If he leaves it, oh well, so be it. Now let me ask you this, okay? Because I'm I'm in agreement with you on that. But is this a take it or leave it deal? The minute you offer it to him, or do you allow him? Do you give it to him and say go out? Pull the Daryl Morey. Go out and test the market. If you can find better, let us know and let him have the time to go see what he thinks he's worth. Yeah, I don't even need you to let me know. I guess the most I'm giving you. So let me know when at the. But how long you keep it on the table? I mean, I I would probably leave it on the table, Mm -hmm. like unless he has an awful year. Well, and for you, when do you decide you're moving on and how you're moving on? If it's chasing somebody else, yeah. If you're chasing someone else in free agency, do you put a timetable on how long he has it? Otherwise, do you say, look, we've got some ways we can fill fill it if we have to in the meantime and also going forward we'll wait a little bit it'll be on the table no i'm not waiting like if i enter free agency hey this is it you can you can call us tomorrow and accept it but we're going to be talking to other guys so that's i mean that's how i i maybe he does get more than altuve i don't think he gets anything near what junior broncos is suggesting but i'm not paying him a dime over 125 see i think he could go through the motions he would love the fact that after he tested the market he could go back and go you know what on second thought I'd love to have that deal. I just don't know if the Astros should be willing to wait that long. 713-780-ESPN. Would you go over 125.5 uh, for Alex Bregman? 713-780-3776. Also, what, what did the deadline tell you about the Rockets' plans? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.